DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone, and we're brought to you in part by Christian Roberts Mortgage. If you're going to work with an expert for your next home loan, you need to connect with the most referred lender in Utah, Christian Roberts Mortgage. They specialize in jumbo loans. We're joined right now by Aaron Roderick, BYU's offensive coordinator. Coach, good morning. Good morning. Are we listening to the blues because of the jazz loss? Is that, <laughs> is that why we're opening with the sure, blues? Sure, absolutely. Why not? We go with that. We open with whatever Jake feels like opening with in the moment. No, actually, it's it's good. The Jazz lose, and we don't have to dwell on it. We can talk about football. <laughs> yeah. Except, so, except we one. got a guy who's a big-time Jazz fan and a Utah lifer who's taking it about as well as all the rest of the fans. Yeah, that was a hard one, man. That was. That oh, was... yeah, for sure. You grew up here, right? You grew up in the Bountiful area, so you've yeah. probably been a Jazz fan your whole life. Whole life, I, yeah. I, yeah. Other than a few years I lived in Illinois when I was a kid, I've been a Jazz fan from forever and it's all right you know, we'll, we'll tap into your jazz knowledge it's a little bit like being now. a red Sox fan before they finally broke <laughs> oh, through yeah, you know no, it's, right. it's kind of getting that way or, or, or cubs fan before they broke through mm-hmm. it's, so yeah, sure. there was a lot of discussion on twitter is this I, and i've got my own opinions on this is this the worst loss ever is it top five is it top ten it stings right yeah. it looks like it's wide open to the title Kawhi leonard is out yeah. it's two two so it definitely hurts yeah, but no, are there other losses from your youth that sting more? Well, I, I can't remember one specifically, but I don't, you can't call that worst loss ever. I mean, you still got still got a great chance to win the series. You got to got to go. Yeah, get that's a, what I was trying to tell go him. Get a, go get a win. Just yeah. go get one win. You, a lot and, of Jazz fans in their car just shaking their head right now. That's yeah, not no, happening. It's, you can't rule it out because I, the, my line of thinking, A Rod, was that these Clippers minus Kawhi collectively probably play the best game they've ever played. Yeah. Now they got to recreate it. Maybe they can. Maybe they uh, can. These guys are pros, man. It's a tough. It's a tough league, and they're evenly matched teams. Even if Mike Conley doesn't play, you, they still won twice without him. Get, with when Kawhi was playing, so I yeah. just, just got to go down there and get a win. It's, Debbie Downer. It's, it's one, <laughs> one win, and then see what happens. <laughs> All right, BYU football, what people really want to hear from Aaron Roderick, although they enjoy commiserating with you. So, obviously, it always talks <laughs> to the quarterback or yeah. placing the quarterback. And you're not going to tell us now, yeah. even though we want you to. <laughs> but do you, in your mind, have you seen some separation? Or are you really, it's a, I don't know what the metaphor is. It's a coin toss. It's a three horses at the top of the uh, top of the turn coming home at the derby i don't know what is it yeah i wish i had something new to tell you since the last time you guys asked me this at the end of spring but um it's a there's three guys in the mix and i have a uh, a really i think a good plan for how i'm gonna um distribute the reps early in camp and um they're good players i, I believe in all three of these guys um, but we're we're gonna just give them the reps and make a tough decision. And and you know it's not a it's not an exact science. Sometimes you don't get it right, and sometimes it takes a while to sort it out. So I hope our uh, fans will just pull for whoever's in there and and trust that we're we are doing our best to work our way through it. I'm just upset that uh, the Herm Edwards and the Sun Devils didn't use some illegal tactics to get Conover to stay home. <laughs> that's what's taking me off, man. But that's another story. 
He's he's, he's going to be a good player, he's man. A Chandler he's guy. And so this is his first uh, foray, basically, yeah. into rec- into uh, competing for the starting job. Whereas Hall and Romney have been down this road before. Correct. And what's amazing to me is in this world of college football, if you don't have the starting job wrapped up by the third practice of your freshman year, you're out the door. And <laughs> you have been able to keep these two guys in the program. And now, from a sense that that, to me, gives me a sense of confidence in that they have been uh, here for a good number of years, so they know what's going on. And so whoever you choose should be able to do a degree anyway, I think, be able to hit the ground running. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, and um, I'm glad you mentioned that they've stayed because uh, I think it says a lot about those two guys right. that they've they've stuck it out here for a, bit, a while now. And, and both of them have had some great moments on the field playing in big games, and some, both of them have had to also pay some dues. Uh, you know, and watch a guy who was playing at a pretty high level, and then both of them have been through some injuries. And so there's a lot there and a lot of reasons why either one of them could have left or, or Jaron could have just gone and played baseball or they could have transferred, and they've, they've stuck it out. And I think it says a lot about their character. It also says a lot about Kalani and the program that he has established. I think our players like playing football in this program. And we don't have we we do not have as many guys transferring out of here as you're seeing at a lot of other places because I think guys like playing for him. So I'm curious how much coaches lay stuff out for guys before you get too far down the road. I went back and was checking, and you could probably check snaps. I've just been checking starts, but the number of starts that second and third string quarterbacks get at BYU, and I've looked at it at Utah too over the last decade. And I haven't broken it down, but we follow Boise State and Stanford. I know they've both gone deep into their quarterback rooms. Yeah. So do you explain that to guys before you get too far down the road in a competition? Because if you tell a guy, hey, you're third string on the depth chart, but hey, the third string, you know, it might yeah. be a little late for that message to yeah. sink in. Do you tell them in spring ball, hey, this is going to sort itself out, but you need to know this. This is how college football works. Yeah, that's a great, great point. Um, approximately, oh, we did a study a few years ago. Uh, uh, and we, I can't remember how many years the study was, but basically there's about 20 teams a year that make it through the whole year with, with one QB. And out of 120 or 130, whatever, yeah, it's 130 now. Yeah. There, there's about 20 a year that make it through the year with just playing one guy. Now, um, the, the, uh, you know, just the chances of needing somebody else to be ready to go is very high. And, and so I've, that's one thing I feel great about, and I think it gives everybody some hope to keep working. And then the other the other thing is that these guys are all still young. I mean, clockwise. I mean, Baylor and Jaron have been here a while, and they're returned missionaries, so they're getting older. But they're sophomores. And then you've got Conover, who's a true freshman. Um, he's still got five years to play four. So I think that's another reason to just you know you got to be got to be professional about it and work your way through it and understand that there's still enough time left for all three of those guys to have a great great career. And that that's very possible. That could that could happen. So we know about the phenomenal season last year, and you're a Norm Child disciple, and I can remember Norm one year, you know, he had a way of saying things that uh, kind of put you in your place. And one year the Utes had a good season, and he said basically, I thought I'm paraphrasing, but I think I got it. He said, well, anybody can have a good season. The key yeah. is to have a good program. Yeah. So, you know, you had a couple of mediocre years, some disheartening losses your first couple of years. You break through last season. 
lot of people want to claim schedule, and maybe there's some truth to that, but at the same time, you had all those guys drafted, so the NFL obviously thought you had talent. So the point being, uh, what is there that can convince people that you have a program as opposed to a season? Well, we got to go win this year. You know, we got to put a, we got to put together another great year. And um, you know, I, I don't think it's wise to uh, try to define, you know, or try to come up with a number or or a, a, a you know some some sort of hallmark that defines what a great season is. And, and you know, um, but. We learned in the last year and a half, I would say, we've learned what it takes to win, the process that you go through to win games. And I think that that foundation is there, and I think I have a lot of confidence that we're going to continue to do that and that you're going to start to see that we are a really strong program. Um, But right now I've got our team focused on the process of what it takes to win a game and not thinking about the end result. And if you stack enough of those good days together of doing what you're supposed to do to beat Arizona, and then you just keep stacking those days up, at the end, we'll have a lot of wins. Well, and you damn well better beat Arizona. Yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> you know who you're dealing with. You know, know why he says that. I do. You just got to blow that off. I, stay mentally focused on the know, interview and don't worry about little, you know. The listeners can't see my eye roll. Right? <laughs> I could. <laughs> I want to be engulfing a massive shiitake hug <laughs> down in Vegas on that uh, yeah. Saturday. So you know the narrative is out there. P- PK referenced it about the schedule wasn't tough last year. That's why yeah. they won. But I go back two. I don't really buy it because I go back two years and you're seven and six, and you beat USC at home, and you beat Tennessee, and I realize you win them both by, yeah. you know, I mean, it's like literally one play flips those games. But you win them, but then you have fourth quarter leads, and you lose at Toledo and South mm-hmm. Florida and Hawaii, and you get outscored. And the difference, I thought, and this goes back to PK's point about a program, not a season. When you had a running back to help kill games, you were good. You had a running back injury, and you didn't really have the depth to run the ball as effectively and just really dominate a fourth quarter physically that way. The O-line seems to have grown up over two years, and I know some guys have moved on to the pros there too, but do you think you have the O-line and the running back and the depth at those positions that when you have the fourth quarter lead, you can seal the deal? Because it wasn't the Power 5 programs that were giving you the problem. Yeah, it was it was uh, just we weren't um, as experienced and we weren't a complete team yet. We hadn't learned yet how to close out games, how to how to play full four quarters week to week, um, how to just make it through the grind of a season. I mean, the margin of error is small, and and um, you know South Florida, the South Floridas of the world. You know, last year Central Florida, Boise State, Houston, those types of teams are good. <laughs> Those teams are just as good as most of the Power 5 teams we're going to play. And so you have to be ready to play every week. And um, it took us a while to learn, I think, how to just, you know, be prepared to play every week, how to finish games. And uh, and then you're right. If you remember that Hawaii game, there was a critical third and two at the end of the game where we elected to throw a pass on third and two. I do and remember. And we were... Should have heard my language. I remember it. <laughs> yeah, and, and 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 I think every coach Chris in our receive no less. Look, look, we we make we make mistakes. I think every coach in our staff wishes we would have run the ball there. We do, okay. And in fact, we had a run play called the play before. Uh, we had a run play called the play before, and there ended up being a timeout. And then we ended up we ended up uh, we we showed our we showed our play. The de- the defense saw the play as the timeout was being called, so we switched to a pass. 
it was a mistake. We, we, you know, I think all of us regret that. But at the time, you're right. We didn't have as much confidence then that we could just go run the ball and get two yards. We had issues at running back at the time. We were banged up at O-line. We hadn't built up the depth and the experience level that we have now. Um, and, you know, now if we're in that situation again, I think we'll have more options. Is that what it was as far as the program? Because uh, Kalani takes over. You weren't there at the beginning, but you've been here now a good number of years. And with BYU, whoever takes over that first class, well, we'll see you in three years, essentially, yeah. be able to get out on the field. Yeah. And and so now what? what is he going into his sixth year, I think? Yeah. Uh, and so is that where we're at And as far as, all right, the guys we recruited, the guys we identified, all that stuff, they're home now. And they're not just home, but they're home for over a year so they can get back into shape and all that stuff. How much is that contributing to the success of the program? It's just the longevity of it, given the unique nature of BYU with so many guys taking off. That is a big part of it. And part of that i got to give credit to Jeff Grimes. When he got here, he... Uh, he really established a culture of toughness. He, he, um, he was very demanding of our offense that we were, no matter what, win, lose, or draw, we were going to be a tough physical team and that the other team was going to feel us for the whole next week. And so he sort of, you know, he really established that. And then um, he also became, uh, he, he made our whole staff accountable as far as, our personnel goes so hey you're responsible for your position group and we're not going to make excuses about who recruited who uh, but now that we're th- you know I'm going into my fourth year most of the players we're coaching now are guys that we we recruited or guys that we know really well that we um, have had a chance to develop and teach in and and get to know and so we know what we're going to get when we put those guys on the field hey Rod we love chatting with you sorry your jazz got yeah. me like that that's our jazz buddy no, wait, they lost? Yeah, it's your jazz. <laughs> front, front runner. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> so, expect nothing less, though. So they're going to they're gonna win. They're going to go down to L.A. and win. I believe it. Yeah, see? Yeah. Calling it, baby. All right, A-Rod, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks for having me. Aaron Roderick, BYU Offensive Coordinator, joining us here on BYU Football Media Day. Elisa Tuiaki, Defensive Coordinator, is coming up next. Stay with us.